Well, all right. Star Citizens of the Universe. Recording angels. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year groove. Old school for you. Welcome, yes, welcome, welcome, yeah, welcome, welcome yeah. to episode six of On Another Note podcast. My name is Aaron. My name is Gabe. And how are you? How are you doing this weekend, Gabe? How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Good, good, man. How about I'm, you? I'm doing well. As, I'm doing good as well, man. Had a decent weekend. Pretty smooth. Pretty chill. No football, so you know what yeah. I'm saying. We got to relax and slept a lot. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the All Star weekend. All Star weekend lackluster, but I ain't watch none of that. Still some sports. Still some sports. <laughs> But we got we got a good episode for you guys coming today. Um, we have a special guest, one of our first guest episodes. You want to yes, go ahead and introduce? Yes, we do. So, very, very special guest. <laughs> the first ever guest on, on another No Podcast is my father, Gaither Williams. Hey, what's <laughs> up? What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Yes, Glad sir. Yes, here. sir. Gaither Williams, I heard so much about you, sir. Oh, uh, I don't believe it. <laughs> nah, I, I pay Gabe well. <laughs> <laughs> well it's all, it's all good. That. It's all good things. So, so we'll, we'll be excited to tap into awesome. that. Awesome. Tap into that. You got any uh, anything you want to touch on before we dive in, man? Um, let's get to. Let's just get to it. Let's okay. get to it. Okay. Well, we can get to it. We can get to it, man. If you want to give a brief introduction to yourself, man, we can definitely take that. Okay. That's all. You know, that's always hard for me to do. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> um, for me, from a from a uh, perspective of right now, uh, as a as an entrepreneur, as a serial entrepreneur, um, I've been blessed to be in a lot of different businesses and be able to you know either start them, manage them, consult. Uh, probably right now about 115 companies over the last I would say 21 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I preference that I say because. The thing that really, really does it for me is my first love. The first love is music. Okay, and that's why we got you on here. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah, okay. That was my first love, and and that's um, you know my intro into the industry for was like 13 years old. Okay. Yeah, and that was the first time I recorded a song called Michelle. Okay. And uh, and that was for this this fine little chick that um, that I met at church. Okay. Happened to be married to her today, and that's Gabe's mom. <laughs> as well and so so we've been uh yeah so that that was my first time ever going to studios it was it was amazing i knew at that moment yeah that that was it okay this is what i want to do right here and i and i remember writing the song and um and then the the gentleman who recorded it was well known in the st louis area okay um his name was oliver sane he was he was he was well known had albums all kind of stuff out he was like man you 13 years old and you wrote a song like this <laughs> and so i always had this old soul so as a lyricist okay i always had this old soul so a lot of the music that i did uh over the years uh for myself and for other artists as well uh have always really really had this this older vibe to it okay somewhat introspective but a lot of stuff because i was around so many other people so i would take their stories go home and put their stories down on paper and oh, then wow. and then create a song for me Okay, that's an interesting mm-hmm. method, man. Interesting, <laughs> interesting method. Yeah. We definitely got to touch more on that. So, if you could uh, just just dive into, you said you started at thirteen, started mm-hmm. started your first uh, songwriting experience. When was your first uh, experience with the industry itself? I should say. I think uh, the first the first time that um, I would say my first intro to the industry, um, we were we were auditioning for. A show, and there was a gentleman that was from Stax uh, at that time. It was well, well known label okay. out of Memphis, Tennessee, and so he heard us. Uh, my group, we were um, we were called Natural Blend. <laughs> okay, and uh, and I'm telling you, we we yeah we we we, we were called. I got it. I just got to tell you, we were bad. <laughs> cold. Okay, yeah, we were cold, man. And so so they uh, you know he made a, made an offer to my parents. And so I'm in high school, and mm-hmm. so the offer, now when I look back in retrospect, the offer was so ridiculous. Seven years, 
So we, you know, yeah, he came over to the house. We went him for seven years, and my father's like, "Hold on, we we got a problem right there. It's seven years lockdown." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so only to find out that was it was a it was the first time someone had, had uh, from the industry had made um, made an offer mm -hmm. um, to bring me in. So I wanted to learn this music business. So the one thing, the difference between me and other musicians and people that I play with and some great, great, phenomenal people over the years is I want to know the business too. Okay. Because I've recognized it's 10% music, nine, I mean 90% business. Right. And okay. so you have to make sure you understand the business part. And so for me, uh, after that particular episode, I'll fast forward to, to the deal. Uh, the deal, I went out to, I wrote a song. I was in college and I wrote a song called One of a Kind. Mm -hmm. uh, that song became, uh, there was a contest throughout the country, and they wanted to pick the lyricists uh, that, that wrote the best song. So we got to go to Nashville on Music Row. So I was one okay. of the finalists. Oh, wow. Uh, in the nation, I went to Music Row with another gentleman. Uh, I think he was from the University of California somewhere. But he and I, our song won. And so we got to go to Music Row and sit with all these executives. So from there to fast forward, they said, you really need to get to L.A., so I was in college. They was like, oh, now you need to get to L.A. So I okay. had an uncle that lived out there, went to live with him um, and the family. And I was got an offer. We got to operate Capitol Records. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. At that time, People Bryson was the Dundata. People and, Bryson. Yeah. Yeah. The great People <laughs> Bryson was there at Capitol. And, uh, and so I'm a young cat. And I go in and I audition. And my uncle who I went to stay with was my manager. So we get in there and they said, okay, you want to make him an offer. We want to change his name and we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to change this. And, uh, Hey, Unc, you did a great job. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. We'll take and it. And I was said, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. So my uncle said, no, 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 let, no, let's, let's go ahead and stay with. I said, no, no, no. I said, cause if I start to compromise now, Unc, mm -hmm. they got me. Mm -hmm. If I will, if I all, if I'll, I'll crucify my own blood. Yeah. That got me here for this deal. Then they got me the rest of the way. I, I just understood that part of the business and the, and the psychology that comes with it way back then. So we left Capitol Records, and it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did background for all kind of different artists out in, out in uh, L.A. and, uh, I mean, all sorts of different work. Uh, I did a lot of background. I did a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. A&M, I've worked at a lot of different studios. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward again, another part in life shows up. And this time, it's the Isley Brothers. Wow. And so um, I end up getting an offer. Uh, and this was in contemporary Christian music. So before there was ever Kurt Franklin, Out Front exists. So <laughs> when people go pull up Out Front, still still out there on the internet. We played Great um, Odyssey on episode two, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think it was two. I think yep. it was two, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that deal, we drove all the way to White Plains, New York. And we sat there. I remember coming into the gate. And, you know, I'm, I'm growing up with the Ozzy Brothers, and it's like this is a dream come true. And they, they said they flew us. So we, we drove, mm -hmm. and then we got there, and then we got to the gate, and this beautiful gate opened up. And I was like, oh, man, I cannot believe this is real. And so we go in, and we sit there, and, and then here comes Chris Jasper from the Ozzy Brothers out. I'm seeing all the Soul Train and the Grammys, all these awards sitting there. Like, man, I cannot believe this is happening. And so yeah. I signed, we signed our first record deal at that moment. So after that, um, you know, I was just completely, completely uh, um, deep into the industry at that point. We started writing for other artists, started producing. So they showed us how to set up a production company so we have residual income outside of what we did. We went on tour. We mm -hmm. did all the things. Uh, later on, I got signed to Universal uh, uh, Music. They had Joe. Every, every time I got signed somewhere, they, are, they had an artist that was kind of similar to my style. But anyway, yeah. that was a great, great, great opportunity. Uh, and that was here in Texas. And so I, I've, been, I've been on three different labels. Okay. Yeah. But it, it helped me understand the business. The people who really taught me the most, Jimmy Jam and Terry, spent time in Indina, uh, Minneapolis, when they was just building Flight Time Studio, sleeping on the floor. Okay. Uh, with another group called Low Key, who went on to do I Got a Thing for You, Baby. And then uh, <laughs> Mint Condition, who, you know, released Pretty Brown Eyes. So, all, you know, we are all collectively uh, there. And uh, But I learned a lot in watching those guys do business. But oh. hey, had, had at that point, had a, had a wife and three little ones, and FedEx called. 
And and while we're sleeping on the floor, she's like, "You gonna take that job, right?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Got to at that ain't point. no hits coming yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, come exactly. on and go deliver these packages. We can't wait for right. it. Wait. <laughs> but nah, man, that's, that's great. And before mm-hmm. we go too far, I'm I'm interested in and where do you think you uh, received that knowledge base to to make that type of decision at an early age where you were like, I don't want to compromise just yet because so many people in today's industry. Um, they just see the opportunity so as to sacrifice oh. early. Exactly, man. Rip. Exactly, and they get taken advantage of all the time. Absolutely. So you having that uh, that foresight at that age is, is impressive. Where do you think that came from? No, I appreciate that. And and really, everything is foundational. It came from being at home, and every day before I left to go to school, my brother, sister, and I we heard the same thing every single day. Yeah. Nobody's better than you. You're not better than anybody. We heard it okay. every single day. Okay. And so that that was that was just really, really uh, burned down inside of us. Yeah. So it really didn't matter. I've never asked for an autograph. I've okay. never been so taken with someone because their business put them on TV or mm-hmm. puts them on the radio. I can respect the work, mm-hmm. but I've never felt they were any better. They just had another opportunity uh, maybe that I had not had yet. So for me, I was very grounded mm-hmm. uh, to the point where – Nah, if it doesn't sound like a good deal, I'm okay, I'm okay mm-hmm. with with walking away from it. And so that that everything begins with the foundation. And I, I can dope, really man. peel that onion because I've seen a lot of artists. I've been right there, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've watched a lot of artists compromise right out of the gate. And yeah. and it's because they want it so bad. When a person can can tell you want something so bad, they have the leverage. Yeah. Leverage is everything. Leverage, Leverage is everything. It's like a carrot in front of a mule. You can make a mule move anywhere you want it to move mm-hmm. as long as you move the carrot. Yeah. That's it. That's easy. Simple, simple <laughs> yeah. analogy, man. I know, Gabe, yeah. I know you, you've probably heard some stories all your life, man. You gotta Absolutely. Tell us some <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. man. Tell so, us some I stuff. mean, I've li- I've been in the studio <laughs> since a child. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, he got recordings of me somewhere singing all type of stuff. <laughs> I, do. I don't even know <laughs> where any of that stuff okay. is. But, um, <laughs> oh, I got it. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> I got you. Man. But, yeah, so um, I've been around it literally my whole life. So I my perspective on it is just I've seen the process. Yeah. Like from mm-hmm. even him doing the album here in Texas with Universal. Like that album, I saw I was there in the studio watching him do that and record all those vocals and going through the mixing process and listening to songs over and over. That was the first time I ever had seen that. Yeah. So um, just knowing the process and knowing that all what all goes into creation, the creation of music is what made me love music. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's all attributed to him and my brothers as well. So, that's super dope, man. Yeah. Super dope. And we had a pod, we had a podcast. I think it was our second one that he mm-hmm. referenced where we kind of um, got into like what our influences are. And I, he he didn't really tell me too many details about like your history in general. He he just mentioned like, hey, my dad sang, my dad was in the industry a little bit, but <laughs> he didn't really go into detail. And then I got a little bit of an overview last yeah. week. I was like, oh my yeah. god, man, this yeah. is this is gonna be amazing, bro. <laughs> so uh, I guess talk about that, like as far as uh, the sound that you gravitate towards now, Gabe. Like, yeah. where where does that come from? And so and, go ahead. the sound for me, like I remember growing up and hearing like. Everything from Moore's Day in the Time to okay. Isley Brothers to <laughs> um, <laughs> Stevie, Earth, Wind & Fire. Like, yeah. all of that stuff, again, comes from him. So that was the foundation. And then not to mention going into, like, what I learned about hip-hop and, like, hearing Nas halftime for the first time in the car, <laughs> in the expedition. <laughs> like, I, I remember you all remember of those moments. Car. Yeah, I remember the car. <laughs> Reminiscing. <laughs> I remember the car and everything. So, um like, my foundation has always been in, like I said before on episode two, in instrumentation and in vocal ability um, in lyrical ability mm-hmm. um, from a rapper standpoint or from a writing and R&B standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, that comes from the foundation that was laid. So, Yeah, um, that's yeah. dope, man. Mm-hmm. That's super dope, super dope. I guess uh, we could transition into more of a, uh, a, more of a current time. Um, <laughs> I guess since you have an insight into... Uh, the industry and how it was and how uh, you maneuver around, I guess, obtaining success mm-hmm. or, or striving for success. How do you feel like that has changed in today's time? You, in terms of in terms of people striving toward the success, I think the avenues are are much more in abundance in terms of how to get there. Yeah. Um, you you got to remember we weren't talking about the internet. 
It's true. You know, so yeah. you talking about albums and you talking about having to go to music stores and you talking about having to go out and do your marketing uh, yourself and, and be seen in person. Well, we can drop something right now in this room and have it all have it available all over the world by tomorrow. Yeah. That that just didn't exist. Yeah. And so I love uh now um the ability to be for for a creative to be able to, to not have those kind of walls mm-hmm. that they have to climb over. So I think it's a great, great time. I think I think that's what we're blessed to to see some phenomenal talent. Phenomenal people come forward that maybe back in the day they didn't have the means, they didn't have the time, yeah, uh, those kinds of different things. Uh, all the equipment that's another thing, yeah. And uh, and so now I just I love how things are now. I just it, it brings so, us a lot, a lot of phenomenal people. I believe. So my yeah. follow up question to that is: <clears throat> Do you feel that there is a disconnect between quality music because everybody has access to it, access to the creation of music? Do you think that is diluting? The musical culture at all? You know, honestly, I don't think I don't I don't think so. I, and, and my position is that when you're talking about artistic um, people and you're talking about um, uh, people who uh, have a vision and and bring that thing forward, mm-hmm. to me, I'm I'm very I'm I'm a person who's very open mm-hmm. to people who are creative, and so I. I may not understand what that person voice or what, what it is they're trying to convey, but maybe they have an audience for that. So for me, I don't think it's watered down. I just think there's an audience for everything that's out there. And so uh, I love all the, uh, the plethora of diversity and all these various different genres and all these very different ways of expressing yourself. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's watered down at all. So I know we have... R&B conversations a lot. All the time. So <laughs> we talk about how um, the sound is a, is very similar mm-hmm. to, like in, amongst all artists and as a, as a whole. So where do you feel like there are differences amongst, like what artists can you point to that like kind of leans more into a direction that you remember as a foundation or that you kind of vibe with right now? That's a great question. Um, and I'll be honest and tell you, not many. I know. <laughs> I knew the answer to that question before I, I asked know. it. It's a rhetorical <laughs> question. I already knew, you know, because we talk about this all the time. To be honest with you, I, I really can't. I really can't pinpoint one particular artist that I say. Now, you know, there's some people out there that that still give you some of that old school flavor, mm-hmm. but a particular artist that takes me back to when when you were singing, mm-hmm. as they say, when you really you really got to hit it. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you can feel that mm-hmm. and it's not overproduced, yeah. as we say, flat footed with the microphone and you just kill it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's no disrespect, but but it's just not a lot of that for me mm-hmm. that, that, that I'm that I'm hearing. Yeah. I hear a lot of the same musical patterns. I hear the same chord progressions. I hear the same cute little little voices running over the top of the melody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew the answer to that question before. You I already knew. Like I already knew. I just wanted to hear him say it. No, That's it. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. And, and yeah. we talk again, referencing yeah. that that old podcast. We talked about uh, the current state of music R and B as far as male R and B versus female R and B. Do you have an opinion on that? As far as like um, being a, a, a male R and B artist yourself, was there uh, a, so much of a gap in between like content from? A woman's perspective in the music industry versus the versus the male, specifically talking to R and B back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, uh, not really. Not really. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I think I think what the the difference would be would be lyrical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, right. from lyrical content, right? Uh, there are some things that, of course, that women wouldn't sing about. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. You know yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. that men sense. would sing about, right? But yeah. even if you take the holistic part of from from that perspective and look at it just back then, yeah. Even with the males, I was thinking about the today um, when I was driving. I was thinking about how the Ozzy Brothers got in trouble for "It's Your Thing, Do What You Want to Do." I can't tell you who to sock it to, <laughs> okay. and they got in trouble for that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. and so from a lyrical standpoint. You know, or you had the great Sylvia, you can ring my bell. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. We know what it means. Right. Right. You know? And they almost got pushed off the air for between the sheets. Wow. Yeah. So you think about that now from a lyrical perspective. So not just male and female, yeah. but just period. 
of what's allowed today, right? You know, I keep them satisfied on the weekend wouldn't happen necessarily yeah. over there. You got to find another way to say it, whether you're male or female. Got it. That's that's the thing too. Like we talked about creative writing before. Mm. Um, on another, we're talking about in context with Kanye in the uh, game conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, like certain subject matters don't have to be so overt if you mm. creatively write it. Mm-hmm. So from a writer's perspective, how do you feel about that oh. Like in the industry today? Easy. That's an easy, very easy answer. Um, anytime you have um, borders that have been lifted in terms of what can, be, um, what can be broadcast on the radio, what can be put out to the masses, anytime you, have, you drop all those walls mm-hmm. and you can just say kind of whatever, Oh, it's, it's totally different than than the person who has to now be creative to say, no, we got to write this in a way. We said we said the same thing, right. but now we got to write this in a way and we got to be very creative in, in the use of our words mm-hmm. so that we don't get in that kind of trouble because we didn't have that kind of, you know, wide open, you know, plane, if you will, right. to say whatever you want to. And today it's wide open. I mean, the avenues are there. You can you you don't even have to really think that deeply. Mm-hmm. You just say F, you yeah. say S, whatever you want to say. You know, you just put mm-hmm. it out there. That's not happening mm-hmm. back then. So the Stevies and the Peebos and yeah. you know even Babyface Nosecast, mm-hmm. even back then they have to they have to find a creative way to be able to say mm-hmm. the same thing today. You can be very overt with. So it's it's a totally different writer to me. Mm. I'm what I like. I really wonder, what is that gonna? How is that gonna affect long term? Like the, there's not a whole lot of people that are creatively writing, like we said, because mm-hmm. you don't have to. No. So I wonder what the effects of that are gonna be in 10, 15 years from now. Like what is gonna be allowed at that point? Like it's gonna be <laughs> everything goes completely. That's true. No. I mean, every everything is fluid, so so nothing nothing stays the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once upon a time, remember on the radio, you couldn't even say the a word. Right. Oh, that's like please, that's that's nothing now. Mm-hmm. So I see progressively the walls, the 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 borders and the walls being expanded and keep moving mm-hmm. wider and wider. And I don't know how much more you can go now because you can say mm-hmm. anything you pretty much want right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man, censorship is a is a is, is a topic these days, man, and it, I I feel like like Gabe was referencing before, it, it may lose some substance because there is no mystery behind music anymore. A mystery mm-hmm. used to be a, a journey; you used to p- be able to paint a picture, right. follow along, be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now it's just so like microwavable; it's just like in and your when face. you create mystery, you have to create a feeling as well. Yeah, so that's I it. feel like that's what's lacking in. Mm-hmm. R&B specifically today because it's not a lot of feeling. It's very numb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the music just sounds numb. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. Because it's numbed us out. And and I'm going to tell you something very consistent on that same path is if you look at, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble but with your audience, <laughs> but if you just mm-hmm. look at um, how certain men and women, I'll put men in there too, dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. You don't really have, you don't have to think about was 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 underneath that yeah because there it is yeah yeah so there's no mystery right yeah. everything is very overt so if you look at it from a societal standpoint mm-hmm. everything is overt it's kind of like wide open so back to your point is i think it will be it would get progressively mm-hmm. wider mm-hmm. i do who it's knows so what what will happen it's so funny because i feel like we're in the most sensitive time ever but we're also in the most open time ever so That's I'm true. like confused on how that works and how that balances out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. But you said something right on, that's, and that's that's balance. Mm-hmm. The key is that I don't believe in censorship, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of creatives, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe in um, in boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, so how do you find that? How do you guys find? How do you see it in the music you listen to? How how do you think? A artist finds that balance. Well, ah, come on, man, that's that's too far. Even so though I don't they, want you censored. See, today I don't really know, but mm-hmm. I would say like when I was younger, I remember like hearing "Girls, Girls, Girls" by Jay Z. Mm-hmm. That's a creative way to balance a lot of different subject matters and a lot of different racial undertones and stereotypes and all of that stuff and make it art. Yeah. So that's a. That's one example I could think of off the top of my head, but 
Um, yeah. As far as balance goes, man, I, I think I think um, authenticity, man. I think as long as that's priority, I, I think there there's a lot that you can do as far as mm. censorship. As long as as long as I, I see a vulnerable artist, because that's what I'm I'm I guess uh, attracted towards musically is vulnerability. It, it doesn't have to be emotional. It doesn't have to be any type of specific subject. Mm -hmm. But as long as I feel like you're authentic and being open, then anything is acceptable to me. Um, if you, if I feel like you're trying to prove or you're trying to like I guess pr be a little bit more performative mm -hmm. on a track, I, that's a little bit unattractive. But it, as long as it's authentic, authentic, I'm down for it, man. And I agree with part. that. Um, especially like when you said that. It's not necessarily like you want them to just be like I forgot how you phrased it just now. <laughs> I just lost my whole train of thought. But um, being authentic, being authentic, yeah. yeah so yeah. I do agree with authenticity. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, specifically in hip hop, it's hard when authenticity leads you into a certain space. That's very true. That can endanger you and your people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we talked about that during the Kanye thing. I, it was kind of a sidebar topic, but we did mention that, mm -hmm. like how. Your lyrics are being used in court. <laughs> Nowadays. Like, you, mm -hmm. you're telling on yourself in a lot of your lyrics. You're talking about a lot of things that you probably shouldn't be talking about if you're really about it. Mm. Yeah. So, and I think that's where that creativity comes into play, where you yeah. mentioned that be, that ability to write a, around a specific way of saying right. things. I think that's something that's lost these days, and I think if that's picked up a little bit more, we'll be able to experience a little bit better musically. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So Yeah. As far as the journey goes or storytelling goes, mm -hmm. rather than just being in your face. Yeah. So, do you think an artist would lose um, their credibility if mm. all of a sudden, uh, hey man, I live this life. I'm being authentic. Mm -hmm. So, what, what I'm putting it out here is unedited because mm -hmm. I'm being authentic. Mm -hmm. Now, if I peel it back and try to be creative and go around it, do you see that an artist could possibly lose? I don't. Because I feel like it's been done. We heard Reasonable Doubt. Mm. We know exactly what that's about. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we know that that's like the big willy, like, yep. street dude, drug dealer talk. The whole album, mm -hmm. that's what that album is about in its entirety. So, like, we've heard mm -hmm. it done creatively. We've heard it done well. Mm -hmm. So, I know it's possible. It's possible. And maybe that ties into your point of so many artists having access to promote their music. Maybe mm. if you're not able to do that, you shouldn't be at a mm. level where you are experiencing success mm -hmm. musically. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I mean, that's the thing. We have so much content to consume, mm. so much content to consume that we can't necessarily expect everybody to have that sort of pin. You and know the industry isn't very selective with who they choose to support. Right, right. It's at not all. necessarily their it's decision anymore. It's about popularity. Anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's solely based on popularity and followers and if you can get somebody to click Views on something, right? Eyeballs. That's it. Eyeballs. Clickbait. Exactly. Clickbait. <laughs> exactly. Clickbait. That's why the the length of, of of careers are so short now. Yeah. Compared to to previous previous generations, mm -hmm. it just seems like you might get one or two songs off, might get a couple million views here, and then mm -hmm. your career goes to the wayside. You know. Yeah. So. So you think artists? Do you, in your opinion, do you feel that artists, even in doing the creative process? Do you think, uh, uh, and just your opinion, I know you, you can't get into the psyche of, of, of artists, but do you feel that a lot of them think, I'm going to write me a hit today. I'm going to write something that I know they're going to click on this. Do you do you yes. think that's a lot of the process in, in, their, in their mental? I know so because I've been around artists. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think it's, it's prevalent in, in their content is, itself. Like yeah. the fact that they are sounding like each other it lets me know that mm. they're going into it like that was a hit. Mm -hmm. Let me try That's to create that and put a little bit of spin it. on it without coming from like originality from the get go. And know? I see that way more in hip hop than I do in R and B today. Mm. Like I feel like there's way more variety in R and B, which is why I say that that's my current favorite genre. Right. <laughs> um, but I do think that hip hop is one of those things where the sound is always going to be the sound. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's never gonna. It's not gonna just be like uh, there was a period where it was boom bap. That was the sound. That was the beat that you're gonna choose. Mm. It's gonna be a different horn or string or something on it, but it's gonna be a boom bap beat. There's a time where it's gonna be trap, where it's gonna be the 808s mm. and all of that stuff, which is kind of what we're still in now, and that's lasted for a while. But the sound is gonna always be the sound. It's yeah. just gonna be tweaked and uh, 
changed up a little bit, but I I listen for lyrical ability on top of mm. these beats. That's, That's good. my biggest thing for me. And to that point itself, do you think? I, I guess this is open up a new topic. As far as hip hop itself, do you think that's the one genre that doesn't necessarily age that well? I guess mm. just referencing other genres, whether it be country, R and B, any type of genre, funk, old school, everything kind of still exists in a space. Yeah, uh, hip hop has changed dramatically. Where I guess you can't. I don't know if you can throw a KRS one track on today and everybody rock with it. No. But you could throw a Isley Butter track on everybody rock with it, or or a Stevie track everybody's gonna rock with it. You know what I'm saying? So as far as hip hop goes, do you think like that sound or what's acceptable in the sound? Well, do you think that shelf space or the shelf life is shorter than any other genre? I think part of it is because of the age of hip hop itself. It's so hip hop is not that old. Yeah. So like hip hop is almost fifty years. Yeah. So. That's a that's a long stretch of time, but it's not at the same time compared to these other genres. Right. So like you've had time to develop what the identity of the genre is. We're kind of still developing hip hop, if you want to be honest. Like right. we've finally gotten to a place where it's mainstream and it's the most yeah. popular genre in the world. Right. We've just gotten there within the last five years. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like it is very very. It's hard to say because of the age of hip hop, hmm. and the age that hip hop is marketed to. That's another thing. So you're marketing to 16, 17, 18-year-olds primarily. Mm-hmm. There's a demographic of older fans. There's a demographic of maybe a little bit younger fans, but it's primarily 16, 17, 18. Yeah. That's the age group. So their ear is going to be tuned into something that's very different than what ours is mm-hmm. because we're older. Right. So the sound, like I said, the sound is going to be the sound because of the age that is being targeted. Hmm. Yeah. See, I feel I feel like, like hip-hop is... Timeless. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I literally feel like it's timeless. I, I can I can still rock all the way back to the stuff I used to let you guys hear. Yeah. You know, back in the day when cool Jay Verse was doing Cool Mode D. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can still hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can I can hear you know uh, something that comes out today. Mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm I'm noticing that from my age, from 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 the age demographic, mm-hmm. it's timeless to us mm-hmm. because. Even your age to my age, mm-hmm. I still hear stuff like, "Oh man, yeah. that still reminds me kind of of what the old school yeah. stuff." The old what school you said stuff is important was, because was the stuff that I know that you like, mm-hmm. it resembles more of an older sound as far as lyrically. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. so it resembles like the Kendricks, the Coles, oh, the yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Nas, the new Nas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, boy. So, <laughs> Y'all need to play some of that. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, those artists still resemble the older sound. Yeah. They right. cater to an older demographic. Right. So, when I, when we talk about, like, the age that hip-hop is targeted to, we're mm-hmm. talking about the people that are listening to a Little Dirk, a little Baby, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Roddy Rich, who are, like, really NBA. just now getting introduced to hip-hop on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's very different mm. in that sense. But that's what I love about you guys' show. Yeah, I, I, I see it as infotainment. Yeah, because because we're entertained, but you always give some new information. The rowdy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I wouldn't <laughs> end up on rowdy <laughs> <laughs> until I listen to y'all's show. So one yeah. of my friend brothers, he's like, "Oh man, who is this?" And so yeah. you know what I'm saying. So you put yeah. people on, but you're entertaining at the same time while you're mm. giving really great information. Yeah. So, Appreciate yeah, that. Infotainment. That's what you guys do. Appreciate yeah. that, man. Appreciate that. I guess uh, we we did have a topic that uh, we wanted to touch on. Uh, I know, I know we mentioned the NDIRE Spotify wars, um, and mm-hmm. I guess we could talk talk on um, just how the industry has changed uh, now that we have streaming platforms mm-hmm. comparable to I guess when when you were uh, in the industry yourself. Uh, do you feel like this is I, obviously it's not a crutch at all? It's it's an opportunity for artists to to reach people in a higher mass than they did before. But do you think that uh, it's an opportunity for them to be taken advantage of more? Because I know we mentioned yeah. in Spotify how uh, they the calculate. Yeah, the lowest payout of streams and how how it's not directly tied to album sales anymore. It's directly tied to clicks. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the idea of how much revenue you are generating mm-hmm. is not even determined by you anymore. It's determined by whatever they calculate. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. do you feel like that's a that's a that's a greater opportunity than it is a risk, or do you think that the 
uh, the opportunity outweighs the risk and is still a positive overall? That's a great question. So com- coming from a time where we didn't have it, right, and then also um, releasing music while you have it, while yeah. we have it. Yeah. So I've mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of had both of those worlds. Okay. Uh, personally, um, I like what it is now. Okay. Okay. I love what it is now because are you and coming from and also coming from building companies and working in other industries outside of just the music. If I build a brand, yeah, and I and I curate my following, mm-hmm. following and I have a loyal following and I curate a brand and I can I can literally live in my own bubble. And if I have a loyal fan base, mm-hmm. I can live very very well and I can mm-hmm. simply serve my fan base when you're trying to be um when you're trying to serve everybody and you're trying to put something out for every person over here i think today allows you now to curate your audience that's, and so i love i love how it is today versus how we had it right it's much more work right and involved here no no, just curate your audience. Your your yeah. brand. You're not you're not trying to be your show is not trying to get every single audience out there. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah. Because everybody's not gonna listen to maybe this format or the mm-hmm. subject matter. You have a very specific group of people and we call that we call that rifle marketing. Okay. Shotgun goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buckshots. Mm-hmm. But a rifle is direct. And so, so in, in the world of marketing, this new music platform allows us to do rifle marketing. Right. I'm just talking to my audience, and I continue to build my audience and my brand. Okay. So I, I, I love this, but I'm going to tell you something that we said earlier. Okay. That it does promote. Okay. It <laughs> does promote now in the creative side of things saying, I got to write this. I need streams. Mm-hmm. You know, I need, I need clicks. Mm-hmm. So it, it can't help but get up here. Right. You start thinking about uh, even when you think about how songs uh, move on TikTok. Like yeah. TikTok is the biggest platform out right now for music. I've like literally found so much wow. music. They're probably about to start doing deals with labels. I don't know that to be a fact, but they I feel probably like already it's coming. Have. You never know. Yeah, I feel like it's coming because the way that they it's like a it's like a trick in the algorithm. Like mm. the hours and hours song mm-hmm. that went so crazy. Like TikTok. I, I heard that song. Remember, I played it on the episode we didn't even release. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's been that song has been out for a, a little while now, hmm. and to see it grow to where it's become via, just strictly via TikTok and how people are redoing it and posting it on all their like romantic videos and all this stuff like that. Like yeah. it's a crazy yeah. little trick in the algorithm that they have. Well, so hold up, hold up. It's people like me that's listening yeah. to your to your to your show, and uh-huh. they're like. How is that possible? Put me on. How yeah. how how could TikTok? Because when I think of TikTok, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's a quick little, mm-hmm. that, it you know, quick little piece. That's it. So how how is that? So basically, on TikTok, TikTok revolves around sounds. Mm. So every sound that you use is whether it's like just a voiceover. Um, you use that in your video, and it already has a certain amount of like it's almost like a hashtag. That sound is almost acts like a hashtag. So (laughs) when you use a certain song that has like, it's people that on TikTok, they post a video and don't even play the actual song. They just have it under their, um, like in their audio, but they'll put it on silent. And so they'll have that song rolling just to get the algorithm numbers up on that video. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like even Pushing P, like that song is a top TikTok song because of like one, because of just the marketability of that song, but two, because of the fact that the algorithm is so tricked. The moment you put that song on any video, it's gonna go somewhere. Yeah, you're gonna get at least maybe like a thousand people to view your video. They may not like it, they may not comment or nothing, but people are gonna see that video because it comes up in the algorithm. Yeah, man. And I think I think wow. it's I think it ties into like the development of technology itself. Just as far as like crowdsourcing, um, mm. like the Ubers, the Uber Eats, the the DoorDashes, yeah. or any or Airbnbs, Toros, things mm-hmm. like that. They're allowing the people or the consumers to do the marketing themselves. Right. So, similar to like how we don't have music videos that much anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a, a opportunity for us to consume music too much anymore. There's still yeah. some out there, but that's not a primary function. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays. TikTok is the new music video, right. and the music videos are created by the consumers themselves. So 
they associate something, all right, he did something funny, but I hear this song. Or he did something funny with the same song. So mm-hmm. deep down in your mind, you might not be conscious about it, but this song reminds you of something funny. And then now that's associated with views or attention. And now it's primary, like, oh, wow. I, I need to play this song. I need to get hot on this song. So And on top of the fact that we're a trend-based society right yeah. now. So anytime that there's a trend, people are going to jump on it. Mm. Because yeah. that's just how it's a follower the market. Yeah. new age of people are wired. Like even when I said music is marketed to 16, 17, 18 year olds, so is TikTok. Hmm. Yeah. It's the same. They're, they're marketing, like you said, rifle marketing. Oh, yeah. It's the same direction. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. It's, it's a good point. Great point. Great point. That's good. Great mm-hmm. point. Y'all put me on. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But uh, I know, Gabe, you said you wanted to mention um, yeah, the NDIRE yeah, yeah. specifically. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce it, this has something to do with what we talked about previously as far as like censorship, but in mm-hmm. another way. So yeah, yeah. So um I don't know if you got if you guys heard our last ep- well, one of our last episodes, I believe it was episode four, mm-hmm. um, where we talked about India Ari and um Joe Rogan's situation at Spotify. Um and so basically what's going on for those that don't know is um Joe Rogan has like made different racist comments and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that in on his podcast, on his platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rogan has the biggest deal in podcast history. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. So um, he's also, that deal is done with Spotify. So um, India Ari, an artist who has music on Spotify, decided to pull her music from Spotify because of who they support. Mm-hmm. And Spotify has put a lot of money into podcasting, but they don't pay artists. So they pay artists, but it's a very small amount compared to other platforms. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really her main issue. She just wants fairness. She wants um, Spotify to be held accountable mm-hmm. and Joe Rogan to be held accountable for what, the things that he said. So mm-hmm. we're going to play a little clip so you guys can get a uh, feel. Short message here about why I decided to, why I decided to ask my music be pulled off of Spotify. So check this out. No white people. He says, okay, take me to this one. And the guy goes, okay. I goes, is that in a good neighborhood? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy barely speaks English. He takes us there. We get out and we're giggling. Oh, we're going to see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door and there was no white people. He says, okay, take I empathize with the people who are leaving for the COVID disinformation reasons, and I think that they should. I also think that Joe Rogan has the right to say what he wants to say. I also think that I have the right to say what I want to say. So as an artist who builds, Spotify is built on the back of the music streaming. So they take this money that's built from streaming and they pay this guy $100 million, but they pay us 0.003% of a penny. Just take me off. I don't want to generate money that pays this. Just take me off. That's where I'm at. And I know that uh, I'm actually, to be honest with you, surprised that my statements were picked up because I thought people weren't really going to listen to me because that's what I'm the kind of that's what I'm used to from the industry. But I'm glad that I am being heard. And for that reason, I want to clarify my statements again. This is why. Watch this. Like, you know, the nigger thing. Yeah. Saying the word nigger. Uh, you've already said nigger. Uh, D is just like nigger. Well, saying nigger. She's calling you a nigger. It's like this boy that he's a nigger. And starts calling him Yeah, we don't have to get too much deep into that, but we got <laughs> yeah. we got the gist. We got the gist yeah. of yeah. it. We got the gist. And that, that's interesting, man. I, I think on on many layers, um, as far as uh, censorship itself, I, of course, never support anything that you don't support or things that seem to be detrimental to you as a culture, as your being. Uh, racist comments, anything like that is not acceptable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question would be, um, how do you feel about uh, silencing that type of that type of stuff? Um, as far as uh, the Spotify platform itself, um, I know we, we spoke on censorship itself, but if, if the content is detrimental to somebody or some culture, do you feel like it's necessary to go ahead and silence? Or do you feel like that's another art form of artistry, podcasting and whatever you feel? should be able to be expressed in any way? That's an easy one, easy one uh, for me to answer because I always, I am a major proponent of having um, having some walls and having some rails there. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't go in a theater and just yell out yeah. fire. 
right mm-hmm. without repercussions right and it's a reason why you can't do that and so right. so in every part of our life no we don't just get to say oh i'm creative and i can just say what no that's 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 consequences that come with that mm-hmm. so i'm i'm a very very strong believer and and uh that there sh- there should be some some barriers to what we we say and yeah. what we do um i am 1000% with india re okay and and on on this particular situation this is one of these cases where you don't just get to say what you want and you should be held accountable and this is not this is not just right now this has happened in many different the washington football team right mm-hmm. i mean right. how many years did native americans have to finally fight for them to change that name that's fact yeah you know and so um i mean so many different people who've lost their jobs on espn have lost their jobs in the in the heat of saying something um on, on a sporting event mm-hmm. very famous people gone Right. And so, yes, you don't just get to say whatever you want to say. There's repercussions. And I think in this particular case, uh, I, I'm I'm totally in agreement with, so, with any reposition. So from a business standpoint, if you're Spotify, how do you move in this situation? Well, I think I think you move the same way Walmart had to move. You move the same way Starbucks had to hurry up and jump. And, and get ahead of, of what one of their employees mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. as we know some of those famous stories. Mm-hmm. Spotify has a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for as I'm concerned, I think the clips that we've just heard, mm-hmm. uh, we've heard enough. We know how Joe moves, if anybody's ever mm-hmm. listened to his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not the first. And so Spotify, to answer your question, Spotify, I personally feel uh, should remove him. Mm. Okay, so, I do. I think they should absolutely remove him. So even with the hundred million dollar deal sitting right there, um, all money not good money. Uh-huh. And so when you when you offensive to a a group of people, when you offensive to so many people, mm-hmm. money should not even be a thing that that to be considered. I understand I business as a businessman, mm-hmm. so I I do understand that. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Good point. Yeah. And even even money itself. The even the hundred million dollars, it's a low ball. Like I, I've yeah. heard, I heard some things. It's closer to two fifty. So, yeah. but it's a public traded company, publicly traded company, mm-hmm. and they they've lost a substantial amount of stock as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. it might might have to be a loss leader. You might have to just get rid of them, take a dip, and then grow grow bigger in the future. That's it exactly. And yeah. I wonder like what they would do if a bigger artist had left. Like what uh, okay. what what would they have done if Drake would have left? Okay, and been mm-hmm. like, I'm done with Spotify. It's a good point. Yeah, That's like point. I, I kind of wish more artists would have taken that stance because of the fact that like they would have had to feel that. Mm-hmm. Right, Spotify would have felt that. Mm-hmm. Like, India Ari is a great, amazingly talented artist. We know who she is. Like, mm-hmm. we already know that. But when you have a Drake or a Kanye or a, I mean, Kanye is already off, but <laughs> Jay Z, all of these other main top tier artists. If they say I'm done with Spotify, then what? Yeah, they got to pay artists, or they're gonna—they're not gonna have a platform because that platform, like she said, is built on the music. Right, Facts. right. That's a good point. Yeah, they've—they've they've had some people like Neil Young, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, that have that uh, have left Spotify. So I, I see this this ground swell. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm starting to feel that other artists will join. Right, um, um, this cause because I'm one of those artists. I'm on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. There you go. I'm there, out. There, there it is. <laughs> there you go. There it is. We got, it's we official, out. right on y'all show. I just announced. It. <laughs> the exclusive. The exclusive. Exclusive. I feel you. I feel you. But yeah, man, all, all great points. All great points, man. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a window to like today's society as far as like power to the artist. I know sometimes yeah. uh, we we talk about how and we talked about it previously how they've been taken advantage of or yeah. opportunities to mm-hmm. take advantage of. But this mm-hmm. is an opportunity where they can show their strength. Yeah, so, I think companies mm-hmm. have to realize too that creatives are always going to create, right? Regardless oh, that's, that's of true. where what money is on the table, regardless of what deal is there, creatives right. are always going to be creative. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let me let me throw some in here now. Okay, yes. okay, go ahead. What's your feelings then about uh, what's my man comedian uh, on Netflix? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. See, so what's what, yes. what's your what, that was a group of people who it felt was. like, oh yeah, this is this is unacceptable. 
See? It was. So should Netflix do the same thing over here with Dave that good we point. just said Spotify should do with Joe? That's yeah. a good point. I think, so, this is difficult for me. You already know that. <laughs> you already know that. That's why you looked at me and started grinning when you said <laughs> you asked the question. Because um, we, we yeah. made your Dave Chappelle yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in this situation, right, mm-hmm. I, I got to choose words very, very carefully. You already <laughs> got to stand on it, man. So <laughs> here it is. I think that demographics of America, right, mm-hmm. uh, they want to be treated equal, correct? Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle is an equal opportunity comedian. Okay. He has jokes for everybody. It's okay. not just one group. It's not just one individual. Oh, I'm beating them over the head. Nine, no, it's everybody. Every stand-up, he's not just going at the LGBTQ community. It's not just y'all. Mm-hmm. He goes at black, Asian, anybody you could think of. Mm-hmm. Republican, Democrat, it don't matter. Like, that's Dave Chappelle. So I think when, in Joe Rogan's case, you're being blatant. I mean, it's blatantly, mm-hmm. overtly racist statements like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. different from like oh i'm a comedian and i'm making jokes about not just one particular group of people but everybody mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so that's yeah. kind of my take on it okay yeah that's an interesting point so me i don't i don't know man and i i don't even know and we mentioned we touched on it a little bit of a previous podcast i don't know what to do about the joe rogan thing because if you ask me directly what i should do with Dave Chappelle, i'm saying leave it alone let it let it fly yeah. but if i'm saying that in the same token I gotta kind of have some sort of, some sort of connection with the Joe Rogan thing. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily separate the two too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the content is extremely different, extremely right. more severe. But at the end of the day, they're comedians, and some things with comedians is they don't necessarily have too much of a of a uh, consequence with what they say because they hide it behind like comedic form. Yeah. Um, and I, I think those are the best comedians, the people who stray mm-hmm. the lines, the Richard Pryors, the Eddie Murphys. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why they are considered the goats is because they strayed that line so well. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's a difficult decision, it's, man. It's mm-hmm. one of those things, too, where I don't want to ever tell a creative how to create. Right. But at the same time, I do feel like there should be levels to, like we talked about before, restraint. Like, you have to have some sort of, like, filter about yourself even right. though like in the guidelines of comedy we're in a new era so yeah. everything is way more sensitive mm-hmm. it's true That's you true. do have to be mindful of how people are going to feel when you put stuff out there and That's i think true. dave's situation he actually was mindful about who he was offending okay <laughs> he, he like he yeah. he knew exactly what he was doing yeah it was intentional like yeah even throughout the stand-up you learn about his um his friend who's also transgender mm-hmm. all of these things like it's true he did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like mm-hmm. he's trying to make a point. His overall point was that we're equal. We're equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we all can the get same. These jokes too. Everybody can get it. Right. Yeah. That's not what Joe Rogan was doing. I feel you. Yeah. I, so, to- I totally one hundred percent agree. I feel mm-hmm. that. I, I don't see those two things as the same. Yeah. 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 And so I, I was I was curious to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> to get your input. On that because mm-hmm. I don't see those things. As, as yeah. Great points, great points, mm-hmm. great points. I guess. Uh, well, this has been a great episode, man. Yeah. Great yeah, episode, man. Yeah. I'm this sorry we got we got to kind of wrap it up, but I, I definitely expect you to be here again in the future sometime, I'm man. I would love to that. It. I appreciate. I would that. love that. But y'all know what we do at the end of this at the end of the episode. We have our uh, heated week segments. Um, Gabe has one. Um, I have one as well. And I believe Mr. Williams has one as well. We'll, we'll get that queued up for you. Okay. But right now, we're going to go ahead and start with games. So, yeah, go ahead and introduce. Okay, yeah. So um, for those that don't know, I'm sure everybody knows by now, but Jasmine Sullivan put out her deluxe a- album. Um, I think it was Hotels, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's Jasmine. <laughs> we know what Jasmine does, but mm-hmm. this is um, Hurt Me So Good Five. off the deluxe. No, I never leave confused Cause I'm always forgiving the shit you've been putting me through You told me you changed, but I see it in a new huh. Cause I already know you don't know nothing about love I leave when you're wrong, but don't stay away for long You 
and begging so hard and making it out to home. I know you're no good, but I just keep hanging on to Sassy, Sassy. And you know you could do better, baby, but you won't try for me. That was fire, bro. Yeah, that's that was a good <laughs> song. You the judge on that ball. That, that, yeah. was, that was a good one, man. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, yeah I like that. She went crazy. Again, Jasmine Sullivan heard me so good on that Hotel Deluxe. So uh, I got some feedback, man, from some people. And it was like, man, y'all give us some great songs, but y'all give us the same songs, man. Like <laughs> It seems like y'all got the same taste in music, man. We need a little bit of variety. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll put something together for, like, uh, I guess. That's a fact. People, because it is, man. Yeah. We appreciate good music, so it, yeah. it's bound to be kind of similar. I'm gonna play a rap song one day. <laughs> yeah, people keep making great R and B music, and that's a problem. We gotta appreciate yeah. it. We gotta appreciate <laughs> it. So I'm gonna play something um, from an artist that I actually was was privy to back in 26, 2017. Uh, he got pretty popular, St. John. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he got he got pretty popular back in 2017, um, and then he kind of got super mainstream, i.e., through TikTok. Yeah, ironically, yeah. you know what I'm saying by Roses. Um, and I guess his latest album wasn't too too crazy for me, man. It was mm-hmm. too mainstream, too watered down. And he just released a single. It's called For the Squadron. Um, it's a little bit more of his original stuff. So I'm going to play that. Mm. St. John for the Squadron. It ain't the, the contemporary <laughs> R&B. It ain't, it ain't nothing for the for anybody, any of the old heads, anything like that. So I'm, I'm going to give y'all new new people a little taste. So we'll get <laughs> Turning up for the squadron Shining around here, we got a robbing Well, it's round here, we got a dodge down Stacking up paper for the problems All stacked up, see the odds down We don't never end up steep jobs down We don't never really get jobs down Georgetown, massive going all down Throw it up for the squad. Goofy niggas still gotta die Pay for the time, switch sides with the hand down, me, me, vibes Can't get the blessings, you ain't pay ties I ain't let it off in them bind. I ain't money now, I'm a prime Platform turn to a shrine Superheroes die around here all the time Niggas dying around the corner where you come from Where you gone from, where your moms and your soon to be some from You don't got one coming, but fuck For the sake of discussion Niggas down around here for the Rona From the corner to the stone lover Make a warmer with the strap and the bluff Tryna be one buffin' It wasn't up for the squadron Shining around here we got a robin' Well it's round here we got a dodge down Stacking up paper for the problems All stacked up, see the odds down We don't never end up steep jobs down We don't never really get jobs down Georgetown, massive going nothing. Throw it off with the squad. I'm in Jordan mode, nigga, in my scrimmage game. I'm a saint in real life, it's my middle name. Look how far a nigga get when he really ain't. Oh, I guess you really came. I'm a superstar nigga, but I keep it plain. I'm a superstar nigga, but I'm street the same. Only thing change on me is this piece of change, oh. Niggas dying around the corner where you come from, where you gone from, where your moms and your soon to be some from. You don't got one coming, but fuck it. For the sake of discussion, niggas dying around here for the Rona, from the corner to the stone lover. Make a warmer with the strap and the bluff, tryna be one buffing. Only turning up for the squadron, shining around here, we got a robin'. Well, it's round here, we got a dodge down. Stack 
never really get jobs done Georgetown, that's what's going off then Throw it off the squadron Yeah, that was uh, St. John for the squadron, yeah, for the squadron. Yeah, I like that. I like so that. check check out the new stuff. Check out the new stuff. But uh, we got one for Mr. Williams. What, what, what we got? What we got? My truck by Breland. My truck by Breland. Going country, y'all. Let's get a yeah. taste. Let's get a taste. There you go. Shout out! Thank you guys for pulling up. Yes, sir. Again, this is the outro song. Catch us up next week, man. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Yes, Don't touch my V8 engine with the windows in it. Boy, we came from the bottom, got it out the mud. Whole block jumping, cause the subs stay hidden. If they roll up on me, no, I keep one touch. Tell them boys, come get me. I'll be riding through the city. Young rich and I'm pretty.